Welcome internet listeners to this science series I've called Peter Hill Explains. I'm Peter Hill. Join me as I work away trying to improve my speaking skills. Through extended background reading we poke around behind the scenes and pick up on key insights. In this episode we explore... What's the big strategic picture with a broken hill? Many people ask me. Now, just put a bit of context to that. Uh, Broken Hill is perhaps a a small, remote, desert country town um, on the extreme western edge of New South Wales, up towards the top of the South Australian border there, um, and it's sitting 300 kilometres, sorry, sitting 380 metres up above sea level, feeding into the big uh, uh, Murray-Darling Basin. It's, uh, it's a critical place, and it's been the site of historical um, mining town, so it's been a major mining town, so it's got a lot of supermarkets, hospitals and stuff like that and um, uh, I've moved here just recently and the um, the question is you know so what made you decide to move there as opposed to anywhere else and I uh, give the answer that uh, it's relatively cheap to to live in beautiful weather or for, for me beautiful weather and um, everything's within walking distance and for the heart stuff I want to walk everywhere. I don't want a car, I want to be able to walk everywhere so I can walk from home to the library, to the supermarket, to the, to the doctors, to, to everything is within a couple of kilometres. You can um, do most things in, you know, say in a round trip of six kilometres, walk about uh, 14 maximum 15 kilometres a day. It's actually, you know, this is with some exercise walk, so that's ideal. People listen and they say, uh, "We we we sort of know you. What's the what's the big picture? You know, what's the the long term story? What's the strategic stuff?" And uh, they prize it out of me. Uh, uh, and it's not something front of mind. It's sort of the back of mind coming across. And I say, "Oh, look, there's there's a few things happening here which I, I think are going to be very positive." And so this podcast is just going through those positive things. And often uh, there'll be investors coming coming through Broken Hill and they'll chat with me for a while and say, oh, you're into quantum physics and robotics and stuff like that. And, you know, what's the high-level aspects? Can you tell us the high-level aspects of Broken Hill? And we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. So Broken Hill founded... In, 1880 found uh, the world's largest silver mine, uh, a line of silver, um, high quality uh, silver ore, uh, two kilometres long, you know, several hundred metres wide, two kilometres long. Uh, it's not only silver, it's lead, zinc, and a whole lot of other, other elements and, and a whole lot of other sort of mineable areas around it. Um, an ancient and a really truly ancient landscape, um, 1,300 million years old, so often a billion years older than a lot of other places in Australia. 
and you know much older than say anything in Europe or anything like that. So it's an ancient landscape, very interesting uh, and stuff like that. And they sort of start to say, well, you know, summarise some some key 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 aspects of it. And oh, you can, there's a you can hear hopefully in the background my phone saying, oh, there's a, a message for me. But let's get back to it. Um, now the key the key thing is that um, I did. I'm a research scientist, so you tend to um, get some factors in play and, and work into that environment, and then the revelations come afterwards. A lot of people uh, want to have revelations first and then construct. It's sort of a, 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 unless you're a research scientist, it's really hard to, to quite describe it. It's where you do a bit of modelling and that directs your thought and then you see from that model whereas other people go and see and can then construct a model which is consistent with what they see. So an example of that might be um, uh, say when I you research say optical effects, the actual equations and the uh, the symbols and, uh, and go through and get an understanding of it, you then are much more sensitised to seeing very subtle things and uh, outside. So it's the research and then the view afterwards. So getting back to Broken Hill, um, the sort of major obvious thing that strikes here is that it's 300, 250 kilometres from the nearest water source. So and it's in the desert. And then you sort of read, and the Australian government has spent 500 million dollars, half a billion dollars getting a secure water line from the Murray River some 250 kilometres up to Broken Hill. So we've now got what was an isolated desert community is now on a river. Like you could say something 30 kilometres from a river is on a river because it's got that water supply for it. So, you know, it's not all communities are sp- Back, bang on a river, but uh, Broken Hill is now on a river. And um, where it is, uh, it's got one of Australia's top solar installations. So it's got a large solar farm, and um, which tick, oh, it's there, large solar farm. And it's also um, uh, where it's sighted uh, up on a hill going down. And with the big hot interior and the polar things, it's a very windy place. And it, I thought it must be, but come here, yes, it is consistently windy. And there is a massive, massive wind farm at the back of Broken Hill. You can just, if you stand in the evening, you can see silhouetted on the horizon just oh, between 30 and 50 wind mills. And it's, it's, it's getting bigger. And so, um, now, strategically, uh, there's the advent of transcontinental power grids. And they cost a certain amount, and there's a certain business case, and um, uh, you read where they're going. There's one one I was surprised is it's already put Broken Hill on, and that's connecting... Port Pirie, which is in South Australia, with the Brisbane, just completely avoiding the eastern 
seaboard and this is a high voltage million volt power line so they're, they're considering putting power lines between Australia and Singapore and uh, they've already had power lines down to from Victoria to Tasmania um, so these are long in the US they've got a few of these so the actual cost and energy supply is not quite it's hard to say it's if the renewables uh, build up in South Australia they'll want a high voltage power line so at the moment there's talk of two high voltage power lines there's one hugging the Murray River going through Mildura to feed Victoria from South Australia and uh, one which is slightly more on the back burner for um, uh, to go through Broken Hill and of course if it does go through Broken Hill uh, we, it's uh, time to actually up the amount of wind because it doesn't really matter where on the the day cycle you put your wind stations you just want them more them disperse so it's always going to be windy somewhere so if you have it all in one area you get you know, very high variability but if you're there, uh, a number of places variability goes across so uh, being able to string your energy sources along here so you've got the water uh, you've got the energy you've got new technology coming along and um, uh, people are saying or pe people's responses are you sure it's going to happen well, no, but but it's probably logically going to happen in that like it's it's not going to happen in another place because another place doesn't have the wind, doesn't have the sun, doesn't have the location. So if it is going to happen, it is going to happen along here, and it it doesn't really worry me because there's a a large number of strategic thing happen strategic things happening now locally on the ground things are already beginning to inch along so uh, this is the moving forward of the broken hill um, I suppose internet digital footprint and one of the things you do need in a remote town which is in a time zone from different places oh, it's hard to say different places around the world you want webcams this is one of the things I going through, I was sort of researching the different places. Oh, there's no webcam for me to actually look at what Broken Hill looks like. So we'll need it like that. And a lot of the time it's at night time. And uh, my initial thought is that uh, you really need to, to light up, jazz up Broken Hill with some lights so you can see it at night and get some activity at night. And um, bye bye. So, you know, webcams are going to come uh, it's got the airport and various things. It's a regional centre for education and uh, medicine and supply of the region. So it's so it's, it's a it's a hub with no competition. So it's got a lot of plus things for it. Uh, but uh, they're already uh, lighting up Broken Hill uh, with exquisite. Um, lighting i've got a professional lighting company and artists in and they're lighting up the monuments and trees at a level i have just not seen before there's also sort of a whole of art all throughout broken hill so the gardens in the desert people tend to put gnomes and sculptures rather than sort of 
your hedges, you know, so it's all, it's all chock-a-block. There's, there's rocket ships, golden cows, um, countless Buddhas, lots of Ned Kellys about the place, all this pastiche of things, um, uh, some bad taste, some very good taste, some incredibly profound garden. So, it's, so a lot of that's all, uh, all happening across. So, so I think the, um, the intellectual um, footprint is going to improve and increase. That's, again, um, it's these technological stuff, the, the water's already a thing, the energy I think is going to come here, the intellectual aspect I think is going to increase. And people are saying, are you sure? Do you, do you really know this? And I said, well, no, look, I, Look, the base thing was was walkability and for health. These things are. I'm not backing it. It just seems an obvious thing that this is going to happen, just due to the way the world is, technology, markets, its location, and stuff like that. Now, another thing that that occurs to me, uh, sort of knowing about uh, energy is that uh, the solar energy and the um, wind energy vary with time. Hot day, well, it's unbelievably sunny and clear skies, beautiful night skies. There's so, so much potential for, for that as well. But um, so you do have a lot of variability of energy um, and it is remote, remote. Uh, so there are some things in Broken Hill you'd want to do with hydrogen fuel cells. Now, again, you need to know about the technology of hydrogen fuel cells. No, they're not going to compete with Tesla cars and batteries and stuff like that. Uh, and they've got certain things that um, any electric technology also has to have the electric infrastructure to recharge. However, there are certain things that you can do where you don't need this infrastructure, and this is hydrogen fuel cell uh, public transport and council trucks and things like that. These are things which say, oh, if you've got a bus which goes around Broken Hill, and there are a few, um, that bus is suddenly not want to suddenly go 100 kilometre journey to the nearest village or something like that to come and around it's it's got a circuit and it tends to sort of go in a circuit around and recharge so i i think um another technological direction for broken hill and pe people haven't haven't seen this and um, and if people say no we're not going to do it it's not going to worry me but i, I still see that broken hill is the ideal lab for hydrogen fuel cells. So hydrogen fuel cells and buses, I think it's in London, Amsterdam, all the major European cities are going for hydrogen. And for us, I think it makes sense because diesel costs a lot of money to, you know, fuel takes a lot of money to ship it in and then use it. So it's got that advantage that the hydrogen is actually, fuel is actually made at the location and long as you have it focused on the the, the area that you want, it, it suddenly became, beca will become an economical viable viable. Now the thing is that it's not huge, but it is the lowest hanging 
piece of fruit for hydrogen, I think, in Australia as a, as a place to place it. So it's not a huge market, but you have a small thing and you can have a backup of the diesel buses can be sit, sat there and then rented out if they're, they're not. Uh, you, know, you don't convert the whole fleet, start it up. And then, of course, uh, you've now got a hydrogen fuel cell at a little point in the map, and then you might be able to hook up uh, Melbourne or Sydney and Adelaide through a hydrogen fuel cell renewable route, have a transport route, which is not so heavily reliable, reliant on diesel. And given that we are wanting to go to zero carbon footprint and we, it's a lot of these things we in Australia try and evaluate you know in terms of we have an evaluation plan and a pilot plan I think very much a hydrogen pilot plant using the excess renewable that we have here to fill the void before the high voltage power line goes from South Australia up to Queensland now you people may sort of question this and it's the sort of thing I, like you know if I'm in Broken Hills speaking to people I, I I zip my mouth and I you don't you don't say these things to um, oh, I don't know to um, there's, there's a little point in agitating people if they're interested to go across now the next point which actually sits into things we've got the water the energy high voltage energy transmission, hydrogen fuel cells, autonomous vehicles. Now, uh, in Broken Hill, there's the question of, you know, everyone trying to get jobs and employment and, you know, what's autonomous vehicles got to do with them? Well, let's fast forward in 50, 100 years, there will be autonomous vehicles. If you work backwards and say, well, is there an aspect that makes Broken Hill a lower piece of hanging fruit for autonomous vehicles to get into a different regime? Now, the sort of the major thing is, I think, the um, one of the closest towns um, to Broken Hill, sort of major centres, is the... A little town on the confluence of two rivers, the Darling River and the Murray River, and that's Wentworth. And there's uh, was a bus, a regular once or twice a week bus, which goes from Broken Hill to Wentworth. And so if you get that bus, you can then get to, to Mildura and then go onto the train lines and, and then radiate out at low cost to different capital cities, Wentworth. That's all that's one direction. However, with COVID and things that's closed down and it occurs to me that this is an ideal uh, pilot for autonomous vehicles now autonomous vehicles in Australia have the major problem that we have roos kangaroos coming across and this is something autonomous vehicles have not mastered it's something which just freaks them out and there's kangaroos and even buses or anything like that that it's um, you know put on your seatbelt well, well, you've heard the story but the actual real as you as you're catching the bus you catch a train to Dubbo out of Dubbo you catch a, a bus and it just winds for six hours bus travel sort of across the desert 
to Broken Hill and um, they say, oh, look, the real thing is that um, we, we could hit a kangaroo and uh, we don't want to pull you out of the front window, so put on your safety belts. That's uh, sort of the basic, the basic things. So we have this um, hydrogen fuel cells, uh, uh, the long-term strategic play that we need autonomous vehicles to go at speed. And so what you, what I would like to do is see a an advanced, sophisticated autom uh, autonomous vehicle with no passengers in it, uh, traveling about 50 meters ahead of another one with the passengers in it. So this one can go out, a detect kangaroos, hit the kangaroo, unfortunately, and you're talking about, you know, once a year or once every six, six months. But there is a way to structure not just a single autonomous vehicle and put all your eggs in one basket and make it bulletproof and get the thing up. You get it up so it's pretty good, but it's still, you know, questionable. But then you have a shadow vehicles behind it which can go along and not, not get hit. Now, I don't know if this is the full example. I do, don't know if that strategy will go, but that will be a worthwhile strategy to go ahead. There's also, uh, a, now, if I can say, the mines here are autonomous mines. They're, they're only robots. The, the, there's, um, the, so there's, uh, just at the back of town, there's three mines, two Chinese deep kilometer deep mines with robots and again with again another mine at the top by the Japanese uh, um, mining the top of Broken Hill and then there's probably about six other mined bodies that uh, people are just mining away across there but it's mostly done autonomously. What I do think is there's another autonomous opportunity for res remote resupply of farms. Again, this is a little bit different. The thing with resupply of farms is that you don't have to actually get your resupply staff to go at 100 kilometers an hour. If you're paying someone by an hour, by the hour, yes, you do. But if it's an autonomous vehicle, you load it up and it will may arrive a day later, just quietly going at relatively slow speed. Again, we're thinking of not banging the kangaroos, solving things. And at this time, we, we need other information from autonomous vehicles. And this is, um, I'm speaking to people who are doing uh, road surveys where they just drive up and down the roads with lasers. We need the information, we need the ability. And again, it's very highly expensive, but not expensive in terms of the long-term uh, way forward. Now, that's just scratching the surface of what I think is possible up at Broken Hill. So let's let's summarise it. You've got the, the water supply coming up. Oh, yes, I should also s uh, say that we've got new technology which allows desert greenhouses. And there's a training area and, and there's a potential to just People only just have to know about it because there's the uh, local community demand, uh, local employment, the whole things. So there's all these these technologies which are coming in into place. We've 
got new high-efficiency pumps, which has allowed us to pump water into place. We've got new renewables. We've also got transmission lines going across. We have um, autonomous vehicles. We have integration, light, internet. It's, the place is on broadband. There's a whole lot of good news stories which mean that um, the value, intrinsic value of the area of Broken Hill, which has got great wind and uh, um, wind and solar, and its strategic location uh, in a void. Basically, it's like uh, if you can imagine a um, an island in an ocean, in a um, in a shipping lane, it's, it's got this amazing thing. And so it's, it's focused as a central region. Uh, its remoteness is an expense, which means that it's it suddenly becomes competitive in other ways. And there are problems, but uh, the solution of those problems, I was thinking in terms of autonomous vehicles, means that if you solve it here, you've got a platform to move into the Australian market, I think, rather than actually going into capital cities, into showrooms and, and hoping this. Well, you could do that if you were a, a technology company, you would do the two there. So that, uh, my friends, is the high-level strategic analysis. And uh, I think what happens when you do strategic analysis is there are sort of investors who go in. There are people who back technology. These people have got interests. But when you're just going in, you say, oh, I think that might be able to happen for these reasons. Let's, let's investigate the way people are thinking. So people can be closed-minded. The technology, typically, technology hasn't come just because people have not known it. Uh, again, a lot of people talking to Australian cultures, they say, these people are, are really have missed what's happening with the rest of the world. A lot of, I was speaking to a lot of, um, I suppose, diplomats and stuff like that, and they will say, the thing about Australians is that they, they stay in one job and one place all of their life, whereas, uh, this is US diplomats saying, in the US people change cities and, and they study, and, you know, they grow up, and they study in the same city and they say in it. And they're not saying a bad thing, it's just the way that Australians don't necessarily see the strategic future. And I'm not telling people off, I'm just trying to understand uh, people are not stressed by the future because they don't know about the potential future and they don't know what to do. And yet a lot of these things can be quite easily done by taking a research approach in terms of that you get the concept prototype, a research prototype, and from that point, you make decisions about whether you go ahead. And it's sort of like when you build, say, a research prototype of, say, the, the hydrogen fuel cells, um, you, the plant, you hire the plant, and if it's no good, you give it back. And then if it goes in, there may be other opportunities. There may be other fixed locations like refrigeration or or something something like that where it sort of makes sense or it it 
it's a step which moves you there but then from hydrogen fuel cells it might well be that you can have it as a as a transport node a hydrogen fuel cell transport node it may well be that it fits neatly into take out the energy as an energy customer from the uh, renewables in a time when um, uh, the um, uh, the high voltage transmission line isn't quite there, isn't coming through, it's, it's sort of an, in, an interim place. Or similarly, if it's the technology is proven, you can have other hydrogen production sources along this high voltage transmission line. Wherever it, it goes, you can have hydrogen fuel cell production to pick up. You know, this is you can get the energy to a point, and therefore you can get the hydrogen to a point. Okay, that's the, the general general view of things. And um, as I say with people, because I'm, I'm not here as a technology consultant for a company and uh, pushing up business plans, I'm just looking at it uh, strategically. I think it's a lot, got a lot of interesting things. I'm very, very happy so far. Should make it, put it on your bucket list, come to Broken Hill. to Peter Hill Explains. I'm Peter Hill. I hope you have enjoyed this particular episode. Try out an explanation with your friends and perhaps start a discussion. In the meantime, do more science.